This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. It appears that bike lanes on Bloor Street West are here to stay. A staff report this morning recommends making the pilot project permanent. You've heard one of the advocates, Councillor Joe Cressy, during Bob Comsick's News, offering all of the positives of the bike lanes between Shaw and Avenue Road. But there are some issues to confront and work out following the year-long pilot project. Mayor John Tory also commented on the recommendations this morning. He is in favor of improving the city's bike network, most notably the separated bike lanes on Bloor West, which he said have made Bloor Street safer for everyone. Here is accommodated the balance of needs that are going to be present in a 21st century city, including thousands of people who cycle who were previously unsafe, even though they use Bloor Street. Uh, a lot of them are still using Bloor Street, and now they're safer. And they say they're safer. And by the way, all of those very same drivers, or the vast majority of them, report that they feel safer too, knowing there are separated bike lanes. And I will only say again, in the glass half full uh, category, that the uh, the uh, all the uh, impact on car travel times have during the pilot project, so during the course of a year, been cut in half, and I'm optimistic from the changes that I'll be pushing, along with others, uh, forward to further changes in signal and turning configurations, some of which are identified right in the report, that we can cut that down, uh, preferably to zero, but we can certainly cut it down to the point where it becomes a very small uh, change uh, to accommodate the needs of all of the different people who want to make use of Bloor Street. Now, there are some on City Council who are opposed to the approval of the separated bike lanes on Bloor West, including Councillor Stephen Holliday, who joins me now on the line. Councillor, thanks for being here on Fight Back. Hi, Jane. Thanks for having me on. So why the opposition? Well, I think about uh, the community that I represent, which is Central Etobicoke. And uh, Bloor Street is one of those routes that we use to get in and out of our city. And I think the sentiment uh, on the street here is people are feeling increasingly frustrated with congestion in this city, and they're feeling more and more detached from the inner core. Um, Think about any time anyone that's listening that tries to get into the city to go down and watch a hockey game or a basketball game or a Blue Jay game, it seems to be taking longer and longer each and every time. And that's why major east-west streets like Bloor Street and King Street and the Gardner Expressway are so important for us so that we stay connected with the inner core. Now, the mayor was indicating that travel times have not been affected adversely for motorists, but you disagree? Well, the report says that uh, travel times just after the pilot were introduced were increased by 40% and 80%, uh, depending on which direction and which time of the day. And the report goes on to say that they did some work to the traffic lights Mm -hmm. to reduce those delays down to 20% and to 40%. Um, It's still a delay, and it still impacts people's lives. And if you look at the numbers, and the numbers are what's really important to me in this report, um, you'll see that there were 24,000 motorists that used Bluer Street prior to the beginning of the project. That has dropped down to 24,000 
So there's a few less cars on there, and I'm not surprised because they're probably frustrated with the travel time. Sorry, what was the original number of cars on the road? I believe it was about 24,000 cars. And now? It's now about 20,000. Oh, I see. Okay, so down 4,000, whereas there were 3,300 cyclists on average uh, on weekdays before the pilot, and now that number is up to about 5,200. Well, that's a great, that's also an important number to look at. So 5,200 when you take part of the study area. Uh, but I think the number in the report was uh, in the in the high 4,000s. But what is also goes along with that number is the decrease of cyclists that were using Harvard Street and DuPont Street, which are the two parallel routes. So okay. essentially, the cyclists diverted to Bloor Street. So it's, it, people are, are saying, well, there's more cycling. Yes, there's more. But by my math and what the, what the report says, there's probably a net increase of about 400 cyclists through that corridor when you include the two parallel routes. Okay, now before I get to our listeners here on Zoomer Radio, Councillor Holliday, I I just want to know, are you opposed to the separated bike lanes on Bloor altogether, or do you want to just see changes to make them more uh, vehicle-friendly? Well, at a minimum, I'd like to see um, work continue on fine-tuning Bloor Street, um, given that I suspect Council will support this. Uh, in its totality. But uh, as a whole, I believe that these do more harm than good uh, for the people that I represent because they've been using this street to get in and out of the city. Uh, And that there's a number of cycling facilities that were already in existence that that serve people on a bike that wanted to go east and west. And when you really look at those numbers, 4,000 cars versus, uh, and if you you take into account the people that may be driving in those parallel routes, maybe 2,000 cars that have been asked you know, to find other ways to go through the city versus 400 cyclists. That's, that's very tough math. Okay, you've heard from the mayor, who's in favor, and now Stephen Holliday, who's opposed. I want to hear from you, your opinion. Are the separated bike lanes on Bloor West the safest option for all users of the road? Or are you frustrated as a driver by losing some of the space that once belonged to motorists? Or are you okay with the lanes but want to see changes from your own experience in using them or driving beside them? Your calls are welcome. 416-360-0740 or one 740 Let's go to Lisa in Toronto. Hi, Lisa. You're first up. Hi there, Jane. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I don't normally make these calls, but I'm I'm not just frustrated. I, I I just I don't see the logic in this. I'm a I'm a pedestrian and a motorist. I go on Blur Street in the annex. I try to get out of my car. I got to be very careful. I've got like maybe an inch between me and the car passing. So my passenger goes to get out on the right side of the car, and they got to worry about getting whacked by a bicycle because you've got to get out of your car and then step over the bicycle lane to get to the sidewalk. It's, it's, and I'm listening to all this rhetoric on, on uh, the news about how good it is for the city and everything. It's become almost impossible to park your car and get out safely on Bloor Street. Uh, Richmond Street, uh, DuPont, uh, Harvard Street, it's like the cyclists have taken over. There's no regulation. Nobody has to have insurance. Nobody has to have a, a license. If you're a motorist, <clears throat> excuse me, and you come across a pedestrian or a cyclist, you know, you've got to have all your coverage. You've got these e-bikes out there you can't, can't even hear. I live in Kensington Market. I'm trying to cross Augusta Street. I got bikes going the wrong way down my street 
on a one-way street, cursing and swearing, almost hitting me, almost taking me out. And it's a daily event, a daily event in my life. Lisa, uh, I really appreciate the way you've expressed your opinion, and certainly uh, that is a viewpoint that needs to be taken into consideration, those who are parking on Bloor Street. And those are very real concerns. Thanks, Lisa, for calling. Thank you. Um, Councillor Holliday, uh, having parked on Bloor West quite a few times myself since the pilot project began, I, I can I can empathize with Lisa because you do need to be very careful depending on which side of your vehicle you're getting out of once you park. Yes, it's very true. Curbside access has been an important dimension in this discussion. Um, it, it perhaps culminated in parking and changes to parking. So there was a large removal of on-street parking in order to accommodate the lanes. Now, I'll be very clear. I'll agree with the mayor and many others that say from a cyclist perspective, this is safer. There's no question about it. If you convert a lane that was once used for cars and for parking into a dedicated cycling facility... Of course it's safer, but there's a cost of doing all of this. And one of them was the access to the curb for taxis, for motorists that need to drop off, for people that are dropping off to get to the stores that are there, and people who wanted to park to use some of the stores in the area. Now, you bring up the point about safety and cyclists. Uh, Our own Mary Newman, a filling-in producer uh, on the program today here on Fight Back, had an incident um, before the pilot project was started. Uh, Tell us what happened to you, Mary. Well, it was summer 2015, and I was cycling down Bloor West around Christie Pits when, out of the blue, an SUV swerved into me and knocked me off my bike. Uh, Luckily, I was wearing a helmet, and that probably saved me from serious harm, but I was bruised and bloodied. And the driver, who was very nice and stopped and made sure I was okay, um, he said that he just didn't see me and was trying to park. Mm. Now, if the bike lanes with the barriers uh, had had been there then, this almost certainly wouldn't have happened because there would have been a clear markation of where the motorists were going and where the cyclists could go. So from a cyclist's point of view, Mary, you really like the Bloor Street separated bike lanes. I do, yes, yeah. And um, I, I noticed that most of the people opposed to the bike lanes aren't cyclists themselves. And maybe if they did get on a bike, they would see just how vulnerable they were. Well, and th- and thank you, Mary, for weighing in on this. Um, Councillor Holliday, prior to the pilot project, there were an average of 22 collisions involving cyclists each year. Do we have any idea since the pilot project began uh, whether that number has been dramatically reduced? Um, they said it is, and I, although the report is quite new, it's about 19 pages, I didn't see what that number was. We know that about one-third of them were doorings, and those are very serious accidents for cyclists. Uh, and I, maybe you don't even use the word accident. It was a, it's a collision. Um, and that's because uh, you would see cars parked down the right-hand lane uh, on, say, a uh, non-peak hour. And if, if people went down that small channel, which was the difference between the parked car and the next lane of traffic, and motorists were not being careful, yes, those things happen and they are... Um, quite catastrophic. So with the, with the introduction of the bike lanes, there is no ability for people to stop on the side of Bloor Street any longer. It is now a live lane of traffic. 
um, save some certain areas where they are allowed to stop. Um, you know, the, the, that conflict has been reduced because the cyclists now have the dedicated space that was once used for mixed traffic, including mo- motor vehicles. It is now dedicated for cyclists. Right. Let's get back to the phones. It's a hot button issue. Lines are jammed. Let's go to Jim in Toronto. What's your opinion on this, Jim? Um, I understand that we need the bike lanes, and I like the dedicated lanes. It is a lot safer. However, if we do nothing to educate the cyclists on the laws and then hold them accountable, nothing's really going to change. I had an experience where I had a cyclist literally make a left-hand turn into the side of my vehicle. Now, I do about 130 kilometers a day in a corporate pickup truck. Mm Mm-hmm. I have two damaged panels on my pickup truck. The cyclist refused to stay and wait. He would not stay to report it. As far as he's concerned, it was his fault. He admitted it in front of somebody else and then just on the bike and gone. So so what's the solution, Jim? And obviously you have a lot of experience of, of driving in the city. What's your solution as you see it? We, you know, and I know the, I know it's cumbersome. We need to somehow license and start charging the cyclists that are using these bike lanes to get to and from work. It's very cumbersome, very expensive. I know it's been approached in the past and turned down because now you get into the concern about, well, mom and dad who go out for an afternoon bike ride with the kids. Well, on Bloor Street, these are predominantly uh, white-collar workers trying to get into the city quickly. They want to get in safely. They should be licensed. They should. The police should be able to charge them with some kind of infraction. And I see it day in, day out. They go through red lights. They don't. They don't signal changes. They just make their turns. They cut pedestrians off. They cut vehicles off. I saw one just make a right-hand turn right in front of a truck. If the truck hadn't hit his brakes, that poor guy would have been under the truck. Okay, Jim, thanks for your comments and your recommendations. What do you say to that, Councillor Holliday, about cracking down on bicyclists who are not obeying the rules of the road? Uh, Jane, I did try that, and we've had a couple of conversations on this station about that. And uh, I, I believe the public agreed with the idea, but Council did not. And I think the, the key here was um, uh, people enjoy the cover of anonymity, and a licensing system takes away that anonymity mm-hmm. and people will then tend to uh, behave a little better. I don't want to dump on cyclists. Um, I think the vast majority of them are doing fantastic in the city and, and finding a way to move through safely. But when there are conflicts, especially with squeezed lane spaces and where people are frustrated, uh, especially drivers who have been caught up in traffic for extended periods of time, people take chances and take risks. And when the rules aren't followed, that's when you have those contact points. And it can be catastrophic for a cyclist. I think, you know, I'm one, uh, I have the viewpoint that there is a place for bicycle lanes. There should be some to move around in the city. It just can't be on every street. Okay, Mark in Mississauga, you're up next here on Zoomer Radio. What's your opinion? All right, so uh, right up front, I'm I'm pro cars and, and not not really for bikes. So I just want to be upfront with that. But um, so I, a few months ago, I posed, I was walking along Bloor Street and I was taking transit from Mississauga like to to get downtown. And I was at Bloor and St George, and I took a picture, very innocent picture with like basically nobody on in the in the bike lanes, and tons of cars backed up along Bloor heading west uh, near St George. 
And I posted that thinking, you know, the vast majority is going to agree, like the bike lanes don't make sense. I was amazed how 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 much the pro, the, the bike supporters were so supportive of bikes uh, and the car supporters were so supportive of cars. There was nobody on the fence. So I was kind of surprised at that. But, but uh, you know, half the time when I'm walking downtown Richmond, Bloor, there's nobody on the bike lanes and there's so much traffic getting in and out of Toronto. It's crazy. So my solution yep. is, you know, to what would have been and I, I you know business is down we've, we've seen it it's been in the newspaper and everything but my solution is to allow bikes to use back roads like just you know if, if there's recreational people tell them to go down the beach you know go, there's lots of miles all, all bike paths all over but if it's to get into and from work for people use the back roads like let's design bikes bike lanes on on back roads there's a lot of back roads that run east and west and north and south in toronto that, that can be very easily used for bikes that don't get in the way of stuff. Okay, Mark, thanks for calling. And, and Councillor Holiday. that was the point you were making to start the conversation, yes. that there are other side streets. And having driven around a lot of those areas around the annex, you, the bike lanes are there. I mean, they are in place. I just wonder, are they as practical for cyclists who are on the same kind of commuter deadline in the morning and afternoon as everybody else? I, I I know that on Harbour Street there are bicycle lanes that are 300 meters south of Bloor Street, and Dupont is a little bit further north. There's also Barton and Lowther Avenue, which are immediately parallel to Bloor Street, and in fact are a a uh, signed bicycle route on the city's official bicycle map. And these are quiet residential streets with a few speed humps on them. Uh, that that um, uh, would be a wonderful cycling environment. In fact, it's the type of cycling environment that I enjoy when I go biking in Etobicoke. Okay. One more call here, and then we will change topics. Let's go to William in Toronto. You have the final say on the Bloor Street bike lanes. Okay. Uh, about uh, the caller that said uh, they should pay, uh, cyclists should pay for the... A toll, uh, yes. Uh, we cannot have... We pay toll to the troll. It's not Highway 407. It's just a cyclist lane, and and licensing, it's no good for cyclists uh, uh, because you have to be really good shape to, to cycle and 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 uh, do as the rules say. And most people are not; they just use the bike to get back and forth from point A to point B. And Copenhagen uh, should be the uh, model uh, where the uh, driver is automatically guilty if they get into an accident. Uh, with the cyclists, and you have to prove their innocence, and there uh, a lot of accidents will be avoided that way because the uh, motorist has a very bad attitude towards cyclists, and that's all I've got to say. Okay, William, appreciate your call here to Zoomer Radio. And Councillor Holiday. before I let you go, um, obviously there is a lot of debate to go on the Bloor Street bike lanes before they are passed in council as a permanent fixture. Uh, what would you like to see? Because it does appear that they are going to, the, the, the momentum is for them to stay as a permanent fixture. What would you like to see take place in terms of, of decisions leading up to that vote? Yeah, in, a, in an ideal world, uh, I, I'd like to continue to build cycling infrastructure in the city. Bloor Street is not one of the ideal places that I've always considered. Uh, you know, it, to me, there, there are uh, existing infrastructures that could be enhanced. Um, there are gaps to be filled, and, and I think we should be putting our money into that. Um, but going forward, I think we should be really clear on what our criteria is about making a street a worthy candidate 
a candidate for cycling infrastructure. We didn't have that in this pilot project, so there's many people around saying this is a great success. But what was the measure of success? I'm not sure anyone's clear on that, and that's maybe part of the frustration in this case. Councillor Stephen Holliday, as always, thank you for your time. Thank you. This is Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. I'm Jane Brown for Libby Snymer. And still to come, reaction to Halloween costume guidelines for some Ontario students. Is this costume policing or sensitive and respectful? That debate is next. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.